That was a good one. Explosive, fun, turnovers, craziness. And a lot of teams that you didn't think were going down went down. That was a lot of fun. Keegan, how fun was that? Oh, buddy, it was fun. It's going to be a great episode, and we are going to talk about all the fun games. I hope you didn't miss any of them. If you did, go back and watch them. But before you do that, check out Fallback Football right now. Well, 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 well. We have a show to start. Dude, what is up, Keegan? How you feeling today, buddy? How are you, you feeling? I know, I'm feeling pretty good. I'm feeling pretty good because I had a pretty good fantasy matchup wow. uh, from a birthday. So I'll Ooh. take that and stick it in my back pocket and have a great time with it. Da, 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 da. Congratulations. First of all, happy birthday to you. Oh, you well, know, thank you we, very much. You know, we were at a... Had a great celebration, but I tell you what, the greatest celebration of all is a fantasy victory and great football and not even just great football, but explosive football. That was, it was fun to see. I feel like even in the first half, we were waiting for, we've been waiting for the season to take off a little bit. And I feel like we really started to see, uh, you know, a more consistent, large amount of points, you know, you saw, oh, Buff- yeah. you saw Buffalo, you saw Arizona, you saw Kansas City uh, Chiefs, you saw Buccaneers, uh, Rams. You saw so many sc- teams. Obviously, we got to talk about the late night game as well. I mean, there's so many uh, big scores to talk about, and even some surprising big scores to talk about. I just thought it was a lot more fun. And I think, especially if you're like us and you watch the red zone, uh, I think you saw some some nice endings. And that was, and you know, at the end of the day, that's what you're looking for, uh, most importantly. Oh yeah, dude. I mean, it was an interesting week. Uh, saw. Well, we can get into into the specifics, but uh, it's a lot of turnovers, right? There was a weird turnover hump there, like in the second quarter, first quarter. So that's very true. It it was like nine fumbles in the first 15 minutes of play. Like it was like nine fumbles and five touchdowns or something crazy like that. According to, you know, Scott Hansen of red zone and me maybe muddling those statistics. And I think, you know what, dude, like, honestly, at the end of the day, the fact that Odell Beckham is back, isn't that enough? Isn't that enough for everybody? Let's bring Odell Beckham Jr. back is into it? the NFL. It's it's enough for me. I'm pretty happy about it. Uh, you know, I mean, I've been well, waiting for it for a long time. I've been an Odell Beckham Jr. fantasy owner for, well, it's got to be at least three years now. I mean, I just, I believe in this man. And, you know, when he's – I'm not going to get Mike Williams like you did. Keegan's been a believer in Mike Williams forever, and, Ugh. you know, Mike Williams exploded, uh, and, and now he doesn't have him. I'm not going to let that happen to me with Odell. If Odell's ever going to explode again, it's going to happen under my watch. I guarantee yeah. it. You've been watching his, his value get lower and lower and lower, and you're just like, I believe it. One day it's going to happen. That's the thing. It's getting easier and easier to do, frankly, because it's easier <laughs> to get him. So I'm like, it's getting easier to do by the year. Why would I not, you know? I still maintain Mike Williams is going to get injured in like two weeks, and I'm going to feel much better about the whole affair. Uh, <laughs> oh God! Not that, right. I, not that I wish that on him as a person, but you, you know, you get it. Fantasy failures, you get it. 
It's, this oh. is why I like Madden, because Madden, you can literally just, like, you know, you can crunch somebody and be like, ah, there you go. Now you're hurting. I'm happy. I mean, it's like none of us want to admit that, like, that visceral violence is, like, actually what our lizard brains are there for. So we're all like, oh, no, that happened. But in Madden, it's like, okay, cool, cool. I can just, I can just enjoy the violence, like an action movie. Right? It's like, okay, cool. I don't have to worry about it. It's that. a stunt person. <laughs> it's fine. I, what are the day? Fred? I don't care. Fred what? Fred, who cares? All right. Exactly. Fred, who cares? Fred. Great name. <laughs> I don't know that guy. Okay. Thursday night, man. Panthers, Texans. Ugh, do we whatever. have to? Do we no, have to do this? No. I mean, the Panthers won. It was fine. It was DJ Moore was starting to a lot. That was it was Christian McCaffrey got hurt. We do have to mention that. Oh, yeah, that's true. Christian McCaffrey got hurt. It was 24 to 9. Uh, the Texans looked awful. Davis Mills, not good. Panthers. You know, it's like, yeah, they, they continue to be good. Uh, they're 3-0. and That's a nice start for Darnold and the old hometown crew. But uh, two of the teams they've played have been the Jets and the Texans. So, you know, expect to see some regression there. Uh, there's not a ton of talent uh, on that team. And I'm eagerly awaiting the moment where it all falls apart for them because I've never particularly liked the Panthers. Uh, but, you know, people like Matt Rule and people like Joe Brady, the O.C., uh, you know, oh, seemed to Tom be Brady's some... brother? That makes a lot of sense. Well, there you go. I mean, <laughs> Offensive just, genius in, in the DNA. It's Tom Brady in disguise so that that way he can have one of the teams compromised in his division. That's exactly. really that's really what it comes down to. He's really just trying to make sure that, like, you know what? I'm going to win this division, whatever it takes. All right? Yeah. And if that like, means impersonating one of the offensive coordinators, I'll, I got to do what I got to do. You know, that's, yeah. that's competitive. It's like when uh... – that people have those conspiracy theories that Bill Belichick just like sends his coaches out to the other teams to like run them and tank them. Cause like the, the ones he thinks might be good in like five years. Like, well, it's... <laughs> that, I, that, that I believe based on their record, yeah. but I, you know, I don't know. I mean, that, that, that really, or, or is, it, is it more likely that Bill Belichick thinks that far ahead or that the same thing happens to Patriots coaches that happens to every other team's coaches, which is when you hire people who work under someone, it doesn't necessarily mean you hired that system. And I, and I, and I, you know, here's the thing that's just like amazing to me. It's especially so with a position like, like you, I could see a Pete Carroll disciple, you know, someone who's like, I'm pro player. I'm looking at what the locker room wants to do, right? I can mm-hmm. see someone like that succeeding because, like, like I just think well, like Bill Belichick has has a philosophy specifically that is so aggressive that like you have to be Bill Belichick to run that. You can't be like that brutal and be like I'm four and seventeen. It's like, well, fuck you then. All right, so then what do I? So then why are you like this? Like, you the only reason you could do this is because you are Bill Belichick. You're a six time Super Bowl champion. And there is a credibility to being with you. There's a contract in line with being with you. Frankly, once you get out of there for a year and you play decent games, you get a huge contract for four years and you're doing pretty well for yourself. So there's a lot of incentive to be there. But that's a specific structure that's been built. And this is what I say about Tom Brady too, right? Bill Belichick and Tom Brady, we call them the greatest coach and the greatest quarterback of all time. So don't model yourself after them. Don't model yourself after the greatest thing. I always think that's a silly thing to do. Like, I'm going to model myself. It's like, okay, well, they're unique, okay? They're the greatest ever. So if you're going to say, oh, well, I will find the next greatest coach ever. It's like, okay, well, good luck with that. But here's a better idea. Let's set up a system that's foolproof so that, so that when you end up getting some great players and some mediocre players, they can do it. 
right? They can, yeah. they're happy. Oh, this is pretty, work. pretty cogent advice for the whole league is that, you know, when you're, when you're hiring coach or in general, when you're setting up your system that chasing, trying to beat the best team currently at their own game is not going to get you anything because they're the best at it. That's, that's why they're doing it. You know, like you have to be the best at your own game and your game has to be better than their game. That's totally different than being second best at their game. You know what I mean? Exactly. And, and it's not, and it's a huge difference for Like, you know what I mean? Like, like the second best Tom Brady is probably going to only have like one. Like, look at Look at the way Aaron Rodgers is, right? Like, he has one Super Bowl, right? The difference between Tom Brady and Aaron Rodgers is massive, right? Even though, like, we say that they're both very, 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 very good, right? So you have to understand that, like, you can't, like, if you do that, you have to find, like, sort of like the next Tom Brady. And, and think about all the things that that goes with. That goes with his workout regimen. That goes with the unique way he takes very, very little money, which is just not something you're going to find in right? Right. That's- which he just happens to do because his wife has $300 million, right? Okay, so, like, yeah. if you find someone with another $300 million wife, like, you know, like, like they're a very specific... $300 just, million dollar wife. <laughs> which hey, sounds like a movie the title. Cared, they would buy one of them a $300 million wife. You know what I mean? That's Well, listen, I'm telling you right now, hear me now and quote me later, that's the next thing that owners are going to start doing is they're going to start <laughs> importing these Russian models <laughs> and giving them $300 million and be like, you got you to gotta set wife right here. Now take just $10 million a year off the cap. <laughs> and what I'll really do is I'll pay your wife, you know, $40 million to be the fucking director of operations. Well, <laughs> You know actually, what I'm saying? That's what you got to do. I, I bet they in college they, they must have some sort of workaround systems that involve like hiring family members for massive contracts. I bet you that's been a thing. Oh, I mean, they, I mean, Bill Belichick hires all his children. What do you mean? Okay. <laughs> what are you talking about? Oh. Hey. Well, hold on. Hold on. Hey. Let's, let's hey. not and, and, But I'm not going to – it's not just you. Listen, let's not pretend that the Jets' offensive coordinator isn't something rural, okay? Like, uh. let's, not pretend, let's not pretend the Shan, that Kyle Shanahan didn't come from Mike Shanahan, right? Yeah. Remember that? Like, it's, it's hey. not just Belichick. You know the Bosa's? There was a Bosa before Bosa's. I'll, let, I'll tell you that much. Well, see, and this, and by the way, like it makes sense because, like, you think about it in two different terms. If, if you're if you're a player, right, you need to have a certain gene pool to be able to be an NFL player. You know what I mean? It make oh, the guy who has NFL genes made an NFL child. Like that just okay. Right. That makes maybe a lot of sense. Maybe you're just really fast, or you <laughs> have really good, good hands, or something, and that's just like part of the the gene pool. But, but even also, just like the size, just like the supernatural right. size of being an athlete, it's like you have to be in the 1% to be like, especially in basketball. It's like if you're 6'6", it's like, all right, well, then there you go. Right off the bat, you're already there. But even in football, it's like if you're 6'3 and like 200 whatever pounds, it's like, okay, well, congratulations. You should be playing some football right now. You know, that's, <laughs> probably, that's, probably, a good, that's probably a good idea. And you're in the 001%. And if your dad was that, well, you got a good shot of figuring out how to do it pretty quickly. And you're coming up at a time now we make a lot more money doing it. That's the other thing. Right. So now, now it's an incentive of like, well, of course I'd want to do that just to like because that's just like wealth for my grandkids, grandkids, grandkids. Right. You know you what I mean? Be mediocre and make more than your dad made in an entire career. Be like Mike Glennon. <laughs> be Mike Glennon. That's all you got to do is be Colt McCoy. Colt right, McCoy then... was the king in Texas, and now he's made like fifty million dollars in his yeah. career. Well, I do always say that it's like it's twofold. Right, it's that, and it's also, well, from the moment they were aware of the world, they were 
eating, sleeping, and breathing that sport. They were listening to stories of that sport at the dinner table. They were taking BP at age four. You know what I mean? Like, there's just different uh, nature versus nurture. I think it's, it's always a combination of both. But, you know, these, these kids, you think the Bosa's weren't, you know, they weren't out there like an hour after everyone else just continuing to practice because it was like, yeah, you might actually get to the NFL with this. This is going to be worth this time, you know? Exactly. Like, and, 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 and not, only, not only that, but it's like, here's how you do it. Here's what coaches are looking for. Here's what I did to, you know, get into the uh, uh, NFL, you know? And it's like, well, it's all we can go into that. But I don't know what that has to do with Panthers Texans. But, you know, that's no, we no, <laughs> we, we started talking about better stuff because that game was ass. Yeah, well, there you go. All well, right, so we'll, we'll get us into the Sunday game. So. We'll uh, move on from a from a shitty Thursday night to a Sunday special. Bills versus Washington football team. Josh Allen's back, kicking ass. Uh, ran in a touchdown, threw for four. The final score is forty three twenty one Buffalo. Um, man, I mean Heineke continues to just be like, yeah, you want to lose by just a little bit? Pop him in. He's he's there for you, man. You're not going to lose by a ton. I mean, in this case, they did. But you're going you're gonna to put points on the board, but you're not going to win, you know? Well, you know, the constant thing that I'll say every time we bring them up, which is, you know, you could have had Justin Fields, right? And I think that Ron Rivera would have had a better game Ooh. plan. This offensive line would have been more Ooh, We'll get Fields. to Justin Fields, though. Let's hang on with all that. I know. I got a lot to say. I got a lot to say on that, too. But, I, I mean, I just, I'll, I'll, just, I'll just tell you, though, like, you know, this, this is the situation where, you know, again, dynamic qu- – you have to understand where the league is going as a whole, right? And it's dynamic quarterbacks that are able to make the extra play that are able to throw for four touchdowns and run for another. Right. And you know, I, I, I think this is the point where you also realize that, you know, we're going through the change in the league where it's like, that's not only is that like essential to have that mobile quarterback, but it's frankly like it's thought of as less reliable, but it's the more consistent type of thing to think about. Cause when you think of Washington, Right, we thought of Washington. Was, they were so amazing. They almost beat Tampa Bay in the Super Bowl, right? Because their defense was so amazing. Uh, in, in the, the Super Bowl. In, yeah. in the divisional round, I'm sorry. But, but they almost beat them in a playoff game with Taylor Heineken because their defense was so good. And now all of a sudden they're giving up 43 points, right? Right, and, their defense, and, man. And I think that, well, this is the point too, is like broadly speaking, I'm less inclined if I'm building a team right now to rely on a, you know, you, you, you think like, oh, you build a good defense and then make it good enough so that your quarterback has a chance to win games and then help him out that way, right? And it's like, yeah, but I don't know about that. If you look at what's winning in the league right now, you know, you look at Patrick Mahomes and Lamar Jackson and Josh, a- and Josh Allen, right? And you look at Russell Wilson and you look at, you know, you know that, that, that's what you see. And you see the defenses, the teams that are allegedly the best defenses, fluctuate from year to year. Now this, now this Washington defense is a joke. You know, and they're getting run up on, on a team who they have to be better than because they, you know, they were in the playoffs last year. So you have, to be, you have to be good enough to compete with a team like this, and they just weren't. Man, what happened? Like, I know we were both watching the game together, but, like, what happened to Washington? And, and, and let's not forget, Washington gave up 29 points to the Giants just last week. So this is not uh... – this is not like Josh Allen's eliteness coming through. I, this is this is seems to be who they are this year. Well, and and, and it's very interesting. They've so I got a stat for you. They've allowed they gave up four hundred and eighty one yards and twenty nine first downs to Buffalo, and eight hundred fifteen yards in the last two games. They used to be number two in the league. Jesus Christ! And so that's like and and, and that's the thing that's really like if you build your team on it, that's kind of a hard thing to do. You know, if you're building a team. You know, they, 
I, you give them all the criticism for not getting the right quarterback. But they did sort of build this team on the promise that, all right, well, the defense is going to be solid. And we're going to be able to not, you know, give up 43-point games. We're going to be able to hold Josh Allen to 27, maybe 27-30, right? Yeah. And give ourselves a shot in a game like this, right? Yeah. I mean, I think the two picks by Taylor Heineke is part of it. But, you know, I guess the question – listen, you know, because the Bills are old news. We like Josh – we've always loved Josh Allen on this podcast. We've loved Buffalo on this podcast. So nothing new. We're happy to have him back. You know, and frankly, we're just, like, happy to have him back. And I'm frankly to have Tyler Bass as my field goal kicker on my fantasy team. So, you know, (laughs) what do you say there? But in terms of Washington, I mean, this is a team that I really, really liked. And, you know, I'll say – I'll at least give some credence to this where it's like, you know – when you make Taylor Heineke a quarterback, you know, I can't help but think that that demotivates the, the defense a little bit, that demotivates the locker room a little bit. That you don't go up and you say, I want Justin Fields. You don't say, listen, I want Sam Darnold. Sam Darnold is 3-0 and right now. You don't think Sam Darnold will make a difference over Taylor Heineke right now? I'm not saying Sam Darnold's going to change your life, but he's going to be better than – I think he'd be better off than Taylor well, Heineke. Well, clearly he would be better. Uh, the question really for Taylor Heineke is going to end up being – what what role are you going to play on this team? Because if he if he, I kind of see an outcome where he drew locks it and just like sticks around for like a couple of years, and they're like, no, we believe in our pick, and it's just like, oh, why? Why are you doing this? Why are you wasting? And they, it's okay. They have a really good defense. We all know there's talent on there. But it's not like they went all out to build an offense. We've talked about this before. They have Terry McLaurin. They have an injured Curtis Samuel. They want like getting a wide receiver too. Curtis Samuel was their only real offensive like upgrade. Right. So I don't really understand. Like you, you are furious with them for signing Ryan Fitzpatrick on a one-year deal instead of drafting Justin Fields. The the offense doesn't seem. It's just like you're saying. The offense doesn't seem like, or or the team itself doesn't seem like it thinks it's it's playing to win this year. It seems like oh shit. I guess it is just another rebuilding year. They're just like eoring all of a sudden because, like you said, because Fitzpatrick went down immediately and Taylor Heineke's not a real leader or a real quarterback. And, man, it's it's a bummer to see. But at the same time, yeah, maybe they do have some more rebuilding to do. Maybe it's maybe they'll, they'll be better served with a higher draft pick, you know? You um, know, yeah. And, 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 again, I'm not even saying Justin Fields has to be it. Again, as I always say. They could have had Matt Stafford. He wasn't reserved for the Los Angeles Rams. No. You know? So, I mean, no. it's just it, – it's, it's – it's, and I think that that's the, that's the thing that happens. You see – we'll talk about L.A., but I'll just say, I don't think I have to – this is a spoiler of anything, but the way they played was certainly extremely energized, right? And you can see it's taken over the locker room. You see Aaron Donald and how, how excited Aaron Donald is, right? About play. Aaron Donald came out after the game and was going to Matt Stafford like, I love you, man. You're the best. Oh, my God. That's exciting to a locker room. You're like, we can Aww. do this. We're giving this a shot here. We're really going for the Super Bowl. Right. And on the Washington side, you're just kind of like, well, here we go. Year two of the seven-part building process. Let's get to work, boys. Like, no one's excited for that. No one wants to be a part of that. They're like, I don't know if I'll even make it to be a part of that. So what's the point? Dude, it's just – and it's and that – yeah, that's the difference. Can you imagine Jared Goff in the locker room during their last playoff run when they lost the Patriots in the Super Bowl? Like – Oh he must God. have been such a robot. Like, I just can't imagine him giving, like, an energizing speech. Did you see exactly. yesterday? Exactly. Did you see yesterday uh, when the Chiefs were down? Spoiler alert. Um, like, hopefully you, you maybe know that. Um, when the Chiefs were down, the uh, 
you know, Patrick Mahomes is on the sidelines just like shouting and screaming at everyone. They're all huddled. He's like a huge mass of bodies in red huddled around him. And he's just like energized and he's shouting. He's got his helmet in his hand and it's shaking. And it's like, oh boy, this is a fucking war chant. You know what I mean? And even the announcer was like, oh wow, you don't really see Patrick Mahomes do that that often because he doesn't have to, but he steps up to do it when he has to because he's a leader. And we just didn't, we don't see that, you know? Um, and he knows when he has to. I think that's taken for granted that people just like don't have that instinct to know right. when that's time. Um, okay, yeah. So, I mean, dude, before we move on, I just want to shout out Antonio Gibson, epic 73 yard touchdown. Well, yes. Uh, he led the team in both rushing yards and receiving yards, uh, which lets you know how not well they did um he let he let them in receiving yards with one reception i love that uh 12 12 for 31 on the ground not you know he's he got stuffed up it was not an amazing day for that offense let's move on bears browns Whoa. oh my god oh, dude. no 26 for cleveland six for chicago that is a more even score than you would have thought watching this game uh, Justin Fields was sacked so many times. How many sacks did they have at the end of this game? So they actually ended up with nine sacks. Jesus. And, and Garrett had nine and a half. Uh, Garrett had four and a half. So this has got to be some sort of record, right? Like, when was the last time we saw nine sacks? Right. Well, and also, and he hit him 15 times, by the way. Just to, he, oh. Justin Fields was hit 15 times. Six by Jason Garrett, five by Jadavian Clowney. Don't forget, so folks forget that Jadavian Clowney is on this Cleveland team. Uh, I don't forget, and this is exactly a rant that I was hoping to give today. I was rehearsing this in the mirror just this morning. There he is, uh, Jadavian Clowney, let go by Seattle. Everyone in Seattle was like, "Please sign him back," and they were like, "Nah, he's asking a little too much money." By the way, he was asking like eight and a half million or something, like not a lot for. Uh, eight and a half million a year for uh, uh, absolutely devastating defensive end in this league. Do you remember the Clowney Watt on the Texans? That that one two punch was ah insane. Quarterbacks couldn't handle it. The Patriots couldn't handle it. Um, so he goes to Seattle. He's super effective there. He's always in the backfield. He's always messing with the quarterback's head. He's always like shifting up the play, pressuring them. Whatever. Doing whatever he has again. to do. <laughs> Where does he go? Where does he go? The Titans. He's there for a year. Signs a one-year deal. What does he do in, in, in Tennessee? He's not amazing, but he holds his own, okay? Like, you could call it a down year, but it's like it was a down year for an elite guy. It was a normal year. And then – With no other pass rushers on that team, by the right. way. Right. It it's like imagine if he had somebody drawing any coverage away from him. Right? Jarrell Casey. Oh, no. Oh, God. Oh. And then – so they let him go because the Titans apparently are allergic to just, like, getting good players and signing them to more money. They're just like, whatever happens, if his name isn't Derrick Henry, we're just going to move on. Um, or Tannehill. <laughs> yeah. And then, and then he goes to Cleveland. And what does he do in Cleveland, dude? He starts kicking ass. I just don't understand why this, why this league left him for dead. How often do you see a guy with this level of talent sign a bunch of one-year deals in a row but on his age like 26, 27, 28 years? Like that's when you sign your massive deal, right? Five solo tackles and two sacks already for him this year. I mean, he's absolutely killing it. I mean, that's and that's 
And by the way, that's all you ask for when you've got a great passer. You've got Olivier Vernon. You've got Miles Garrett, right? That's all you ask for. for I think that's the thing, too. I think the problem, as, you, as, it, you know, as I was trying to set up, as I think you'd agree with, is like, you know, Jadavian Clowney is in a situation here where he's not the lead guy. He's just a pass rusher, you know, right? Do, you know, Shaq Barrett, part of the reason he's doing well is because he's got Jason Pierre-Paul and Vita Vey. You know what I mean? Like, that gives right. Shaq Barrett the opportunity to go crazy, right? right? That's what's so great about the Bucks is just the depth. The Browns are building that level of depth, and that's what a guy like Jadavian Clowney is. When he was the Titans, it was like, okay, well, watch out for that guy over there, Jadavian Clowney. Right. And then, then they just watch out for him, and then that's it. There you go. Just go watch out for him over there. Like, and okay, then, well, that's all right. Okay, well, yeah, I wouldn't base, do well either. And then the fan base ate him alive. Like, week after week, they'd be like, where's Clowney? Why does he suck so much? And it's like, dude, your defense sucks. Don't blame him. You know, we, we realized that J.J. Watt wasn't bad, right? We do realize that that was just because he was the only person on the Texans line, right? And then all of a sudden, J.J. Watt's there, and Chandler Jones gets five sacks in the first game. So, and it's like, oh, wow, how'd that happen? That's crazy. Is it so just- all of a sudden, Jadavion Clowney's doing well when he's next to Miles Garrett. Oh, crazy. Right. Is it just me, or did the Titans sign Malcolm Butler to like a five-year, $50 million year deal because of one play in the Super Bowl? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Did, I think they I think they did that. <laughs> As I recall, I may not remember. I mean, listen, dude. I so I have to say, first of all, in terms of this one, I mean, Cleveland, a very excited. You know, well, but I think in general, I'm I'm pretty happy to see Odell back as well. You know, I think that's some that's a weapon. That's the kind of weapon that they need to have to win a – I mean, that's the superstar you have to, like, get you that extra play in the Super Bowl, you know? Right. I'm only speaking from my Madden experience here, but I'll tell you what. When my Detroit franchise, Lions franchise rebuild got OBJ, went to him on every third and seven, baby. Third and seven. Boom, hey, boom, hey, boom. Hey, who's the quarterback of that uh, franchise right now? Well, it's, it's Kyler Murray. So there's a lot of weird stuff going on. But oh, tell me more. Well, I mean, I traded Jared Goff a first-round pick and uh, DeAndre Swift. Him, so. and that was an amazing idea so i just i just i mean let's just just this is just a little side note because we always like to tell you that madden is broken on this podcast that's the fundamental theme of this podcast is that uh the nfl sells the rights to madden every year and ea makes a terrible game as a result and it's uh, a consumer fraud case that hasn't been taken up yet but will be in the next few years so <laughs> mark, mark out words mark out words mark out words about it write it oh, down quote us later Write it down. Write it down. But I yeah. really feel like Justin Fields never really – because part of that pass rush and partially just because, dude, like, you know, very few run, very few runs going open for David Montgomery. They didn't upgrade the offensive line at all this year. All they did is, like, shuffle around the receivers, give Allen Robinson a weird tag. Yeah. You know, they, they, don't, they don't have a strong offensive line. They had a terrible game plan. Everyone and their mother has been, like, calling for Matt Nagy to get fired, frankly, because it was that bad. And, you know, I've – you know – it's hard for me to say because part of me is like, you know, he got Mitch Trubisky to go to the playoffs. But then also part of me is like, well, did Mitch Trubisky get him to go to the playoffs? That's, all of a sudden, I'm like, I don't know which Mitch one to Trubisky believe right season. now. Put it I, in, coach. You know me. Replace I love Josh Allen now. You tell me. I'll tell you. I think I've said before on here, and I'll say again, I love Mitch Trubisky. And I think that man was – was hurt deeply, and now we're seeing it because everyone loves Justin Fields, and we know Justin Fields is going to be a talented quarterback in this league, okay? So I think this was on full display right now, and I think – here's the thing, because I'm always thinking as a GM geeks, 
If I'm the GM Ryan Pace, I am firing him today, and I'll tell you exactly why I'm doing it because I'm saying, oh, my God, look at this. Look at this moron who's been running our team. I got to get him out of here. Oh, well, you got to give me the year to, you know, get a new coach, bring in a well. I got this. I, that's Listen, once we get a new coach in here, I promise it's going to be great, owner. I promise you. I promise you. 100%. It's just this guy. It's this guy. You have to take the opportunity while the iron's hot to make this guy look like an idiot or because Ryan Pace is going to get fired, you know, at the end of this year too. And the only way he's saving his job is he's doing that and he's getting an interim coach in there who's going to look kind of good. And why can't you hire an interim coach? Why can't you just bring in, you know, you can bring in somebody. I don't care. Whatever. Bring in a new coach. Who cares? Whatever. You know, just do it. Go get uh, Bill Belichick's son, Steve Belichick. Uh, yeah, but don't, well, don't, don't get any Belichick's because, again, that doesn't work. But I'm just saying, you know, you got to – if you want to save your job as a GM, you got to do that. So I wouldn't actually be surprised if we see it. Well, uh, I can only hope. I've been only hoping for that for years. Justin Fields, 6 of 20 for 68 yards passing. Uh Three for 12 rushing. You kind of expect when a quarterback's dying this much back there, they're going to break away and run more. He didn't He didn't run much. But, you know, then again, maybe he did run nine times and we just didn't see it because he got sacked before it happened, you know. So maybe that's when those would have come. Who knows? I mean, you hope it would have come at some point. <laughs> Let's – oh, this is a fun one. Ravens-Lions – 19 over 17, Ravens over the Lions. Last minute, absolutely epic. Field goal from Justin Tucker, 66 yards, the longest field goal in NFL history. Who would have thunk it? We witnessed it live on television. Man, it was fun. They were going nuts on the sidelines over there. So, I mean, you have all that drama, right? But at the end of the day, what this was is Baltimore, by the grace of uh, Hollywood Browns slipping hands. Oh, kept the lines in the that? game. Can we talk Dropped about that for a three second? Touchdowns. Three, three touchdowns. Three touchdowns. Three open touchdowns. Open. Like, the shortest, I mean, off his hands, no defenders around thrice. The first one was in the end zone. Maybe it was like passed from like 30 yards out. And then the next one was like, would have been like 70. And the next one would have been like 50. And all three of them just. <laughs> And only two of them could have happened because two of them were on the same drive. So if he caught the first one, the second one, he wouldn't have dropped. Um, but yeah, and I, was, you, and I was upset to see that, frankly, they didn't really like go back to him after that because they, they, they talked to him on the sidelines and they, yeah. I've, I've seen them do that with guys like JK Dobbins, for example, but they, you know, and that seems to be their style. They gave him a pep talk, or whatever. And he still couldn't find his uh, mark in the second half. Yeah. It was clear. He was all up in his head. I think they probably just like, you know, you got the yips today, buddy, just like, you know, smoke some weed later, forget it all happened next week. You'll be back to regular form and, you know, you'll make a catch and, and you'll forget all about it. You know, that's a, listen, as a Hollywood Brown fantasy owner, that's the hope for sure. But, I mean, I have to tell you, I think it does expose that, like, you know, listen, those of you who are trying to have some faith in the Lions, I mean, the fact Stop that, it. The Stop fact, that. The fact, that, the fact that this game, like, was winnable by the Ravens, despite the fact they dropped three wide-open touchdowns, like, should give you, like, hope. You know, I think I feel like people were getting like, oh, my God, we got the energy. This team is ba-ba-ba. It's like – you did not win that game. You almost had it handed to you. You almost had it handed to you. That was right. That's the bottom line. I mean, you the. And I don't feel bad that they hit a sixty-six yard field goal because right because you never deserved it. You but never did. Same time, it's like how many times are the Ravens gonna like? Okay, the Ravens are two and one. Good for them. What is those? What do those uh, wins and losses look like? Right, we've got. 
the Raiders, which was just like a woof all the way around for them. We've got last week to the Chiefs, which like good for you guys, like amazing performance, but a lot have to go right for you there. And then we've got this game where like, oh my God, they they banged the longest field goal in NFL history to pull off this win. Like, you know, yeah, that's your 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 stringing together a record with your teeth, and I just feel like at some point here that the the other shoe's gonna drop for them, and it's just gonna become apparent that they're not as elite as they think they are. Well, we got an interesting. So we got an interesting run going. So their next few games, they're going to Denver, and then they're playing the Colts, and then Ooh. they're playing the Chargers, and then the apparently feisty Bengals. I four. think Denver at Denver is a prime upset. I yeah. think Denver is prime to upset the, these these Ravens have holes all over their armor, dude. And Denver is one of those teams that's like all I need is a little hole and I'm going to sneak my little rat nose through and then I'm going to get my whole rat body through, you know? Cuz that well this is the thing, Denver can sustain those long drives. They can keep Lamar Jackson off the field. They can, they can force they, yeah, they can they can obviously play the great enough defense. And they, that's the thing. They'll be able that's the thing. They'll be able to keep up with him defensively, but they're not so offensively inept that they can't not only can they score, but they can score slowly. They yep. can grind the ball down the field, throw they after throw. They the won't make over. mistakes. Yeah, Teddy Bridgewater won't mistake. throw it. Won't, Teddy Bridgewater won't have more than a, more than one turnover if he even has that. Yeah, I mean, uh so Detroit, a uh, lot of hard a lot of uh, you know, kind of talent flashes, a lot of fun stuff going on there. They, they, that they're zero and three. You know, that's and sure, they don't deserve to be zero and three because they, I believe, shanked a field goal right at the end of one of these games. Yeah, well, it's your kicker. It's not somebody else's kicker. Well, okay. Well, that's unbelievably fair. But Connor. <laughs> It's, your, it's not like, okay, you have to use our randomly assigned kicker and bet whether he makes it or not. It's like, well, you signed the okay, guy. Okay, okay. It's okay. That's an absolutely true point. So they did lose the game. So you're saying the kicker is just as much a member of the roster as the quarterback? That you know, right. Listen, Keegan, I don't watch a lot of field goals, but generally when I do, they are wearing the same uniform. Oh, my God. Are, I've never noticed that before. Normally, they don't come out with, like, a random-ass green jersey, like, all right, everybody, how's it going? I'm the kicker. <laughs> it's like the goalie. The keeper The keeper has the alternate uniform. <laughs> yeah. It's just like you have to pick from our pool of ten kickers. and you know, There's a kicker lottery, and they just get flown around the country at random. With well, blindfolds on. They kick one in the balls, though, every quarter. So you lose one. And they kicked all the good ones in the balls. So they couldn't, you couldn't, you could, oh, there was only six left. So they had to pick a bad one and he missed. Like, that's not what happened. Oh, no. Yeah. You, oh, no. you had every opportunity to sign a kicker and you chose not. So, I, whatever. I, okay. But I mean, there's going to be better days for Detroit. I don't think they're going to end 0 17, but they're also, they're more of a pet project. They're more like that team you kind of tune in and you go, like, oh, are they going to score on this drive or not? You know, got a lot the, more work to do. Don't look for don't look for the final score. It's not about that. You know, it's not about winning and losing. Why don't we all chill out? Relax with that. Come on. Come on. Come on. Okay. Colts, Titans. Titans twenty five. Colts sixteen. Titans Whatever. somehow are two and one now. I I, I I don't know. I don't know how that happened. They still don't look amazing. Derrick Henry's Derrick Henry. Uh 
Julio cool. Jones looks amazing. Uh, you know, he's he's really turned it on since week one. AJ Brown got injured, unfortunately, but also wasn't contributing too much before that happened. Uh, and Julio but, Jones was not taking all the snaps. I don't know if that was injury or if that was just for fun. I it seemed to be for fun. Uh, as a former Julio Jones fantasy owner, I I would say that's just that's just how he roll. He's just like, you know what? I get tired sometimes. I'm still going to come out and be 10 times better than the next guy. But uh, alternatively from that, I do have to lay down and eat grapes. Uh, I do. It's, it's yeah. Well, my somebody, back, you know. Well, somebody paints an oil portrait of me. So <laughs> Sorry. on the other side, we have Indianapolis. Carson Wentz still sucks. I was right. I've always been right. He sucks. I mean... Yeah, I mean, this is just really, really, really not a game that I care about. I mean, or two teams that I care. I mean, like, it's just like the defense is not going to be good enough for Tennessee to do anything special, right? It's just not there, right? You know, Derrick Henry has to be immaculate. It's basically Derrick Henry or bust. You but know? he is and immaculate. I, 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 you know, it, it's just hard because I don't, I, I see them beating a team like Seattle, and I say to myself, I have to take that seriously, you know? But uh, I also wonder about I, – I wonder I, – I wonder about the formatting of that team. It seems like Derrick Henry – you know, Derrick Henry was unstoppable, and one day he just was. And I don't really seem to understand what was different. Seattle, you could argue, beat themselves a little bit, and you could argue Indy beat themselves a little bit. So A lot of it, Carson Wentz. Carson Wentz. You suck. Get the fuck out of here. 0 oh, 3 Indy. When you make a bunch of high ra- high draft capital, uh, when you package a bunch of high draft picks and you send them off somewhere for a new quarterback, are you hoping to go 0 3 to start your next season? Because I'm. Oh not- well, I you know I, I I I just think it's interesting. I mean, that's not exactly what you want when you pay how much money? Uh, more millions of dollars than I many think of he us. makes he makes thirty one million a year. Let's check it out. Let's check it out. Let's check well, out how much money they waste. On Carson Wentz per year, it is one hundred and twenty-eight over four years. Jesus Lord! Okay. So, yep, that's uh, thirty-two. Nice. All right. Well, cool. Good job, Indianapolis. Good job. Oh, gosh. Way to good, go. Good job, Keegan, for being way, real close with that contract. Wait, 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 wait to go. You know. So, so I mean, you know, so I'm, I'm supposed to be impressed by them beating them. I'm not. I am impressed by them beating Seattle. Listen, I love Seattle. I think Seattle's really good. So, I mean, that's concerning. Uh, but I think Seattle on its own is concerning, and we'll talk about that, you know. So, I, I mean, listen, Tennessee is what it is. It's Derrick Henry, and if Derrick Henry's not working, then it's it's not going to work. I mean, that's the bottom line. So, you know, hopefully Derrick Henry is working because then they'll do well, and if not, yep. then they won't. And it doesn't really matter if A.J. Brown is hurt or Brian Tannehill's killing it or if the defense is whatever. If Derrick Henry's good, they're good, and if he's not, they're not. I would also just like to say on the on the Indianapolis side of the ball, all these guys they've assembled, this squad, they're all just pretty good, you know. Except it's Darius like Leonard. Every single one of yeah, okay. Every Fine, single sorry. one of them on offense specifically, they do have a decent defense, but oh, okay. it's yes, not going great. Very much. Very uh, much uh, uh, every single one of these offensive guys, it would be way better served on a different team than this team, like Michael Pittman. Way more valuable elsewhere. Uh, Naeem Hines, way more valuable elsewhere. Jonathan Taylor, way more valuable elsewhere. And quite frankly, 
this feels like a wide receiver core and an offense in general that was built around them having T.Y. Hilton at his prime. You know, like this is built around a T.Y. Hilton being the absolute one who's just running up and, and getting 1,500 yards a season. And it's like, not only is he not on the field at all because they signed him to a one-year deal and he's injured, but he's also way old now. He's not the same player he used to be. If you wanted to have Michael Pittman be more effective, you had to put him across from a one. I mean, maybe maybe consider signing a Kenny Galladay in the offseason. This would have been a great location for him. You know? What? Spend money when you have over $100 million in cap room? What? Oh, I'm sorry, what? Only like $80 million. I'm sorry. I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. That was so rude for, to me to ask them to spend their $80 million. No, we're saving it. We're saving it. What are you saving it for? Well, you know, you want to have that flexibility. What kind of flexibility are you going to need to spend $80 million in the middle of the season? Right, what well, are you talking about? It's also like, you suck, though. So and You're maybe, not going to make that deal. flex into something where you don't suck. Well, exactly. <laughs> try, try improving first. Try making the Oh, my. But, hey, Keegan, one time they gave away a pick, a first-round pick that was going to be a late one for DeForest Buckner. Oh, and so it's and so it's fine, and so it's oh, fine. Wow, that's they made awesome. one move every year for the past few years, so it's right. okay. They so added we're, Jonathan we're Taylor. You don't understand. Oh my God, dude, dude, you don't understand. Zach Pascal, Zach Pascal, he catches a lot of touchdowns. Okay, yeah. now do we oh, now yeah. do we get to the end zone very often? No, but when no. we do, he may catch that touchdown hey, if Carson not, Wentz throws it accurately. It's not all about the destination. Sometimes it's about the journey. It's about the friends you made along the way. And Zach Pascal is a friend he's along a, the he, way. He's saying, I'm in the end zone and you got a friend in me, even though you don't have any points on the board. You got a friend in me. <laughs> okay. Chargers, Chiefs. Ooh, this one was sexy. Justin this Herbert, was... you sexy. Justin Herbert. This is where if we could, you know, use licensed music, we would get in there. We go. We would play way too sexy, right? And here we are. I'm too sexy for the show. Because that's what Justin Herbert was. He was beautiful inside and out. I mean, dude, I got to tell you, like, this is when people talked about what Justin Herbert could do. This is like the epitome of it. This is exactly the reason you this, draft Justin Herbert. This whole team, and I'm not just saying this because it's a super easy take because they just beat the Chiefs. This whole team looks so much better than you thought they would. And here's the crazy part about it. It's that they always were this good. They always had this level of talent. They were always actually a team. If you go on Madden, you look at their, you try to make a trade with them. They got a ton of really good players. They've got insane safeties. They've got really, really young, good talent on the offensive side of the ball. And Mike Williams and Keenan Allen. Uh, Austin Eckler is insanely useful. And, and, and Herbert, you know, his talent speaks for itself. And this has always been kind of a team that just, like, it never added up to anything greater than the sum of its parts, you know. And I think that might be what we're seeing right now is them sort of, like, pushing to that next level of, of, of that magic system where all the gears kind of work together, you know? Well, and I think, you know, if you look at the strategy of the Chargers, it was a very interesting one because what they basically decided is they have all these great safeties, you know, these, and they have these Anthony Samuel, who I, you know, remember we flagged, we flagged him way early on in this draft, yep. you know, so we should, we should be 
you know, able to flex about that. And of course the, uh, the many other, you know, Chris Harris, many injured members of our, their secondary that return. And, you know, you get to this point where they just basically decided you were going to have a bunch of, you were going to make sure that you have short drives. We're going to make sure, I mean, we're going to have short range drives, meaning yeah. you're not going to get the bombs to Tyree kill. You're not going to get the 40 yard completion to Travis Kelsey. If you want to get a touchdown, go ahead and get it. But you're going to do it four or five, six yards at a time. Right. And, and we're just going to tackle you. It's going to take 26 plays to get down the field, and you're probably going to fuck up one of them. You've got and, to be perfect what, exactly. on every single one to get it to put together. And that is really difficult to pull off against an offense like this. An offense that has that speed, that has that kind of improvisational ability, and that has that kind of pure raw talent running up and down the field. But I do think it's a good way to do it, frankly, because if you think about it, What's the problem with Mahomes, right? Well, how does Mahomes get himself in trouble? Event, what he does, you, and you saw it in this game. How did this game end? It ended because they had a drive going. They had an opportunity to get a drive going, and Mahomes just threw a stupid throw off his back foot that we all say, ooh, ah, when he completes it 90% of the time, but 10% yeah. of the time he doesn't. And then we look at it and we say it's the most dumb throw of all time. Well, yeah, and he's so used to making that that from his perspective, it's like, well, I'm just going to do it. This is how I do it, and then it works. I mean, he's almost – you could say the same thing about him but we're saying about Trevor Lawrence, that he just never learned how to fail. But in the NFL, he has been such a, such a golden child by the NFL that he literally now is for the first time facing adversity. And by now, I mean since the Super Bowl, um, for the first time facing adversity – and he doesn't necessarily have the tools to push through that. And so that's going to be kind of a reckoning here with the Chiefs. Is we're going to see, can he grow up, you know, because he's still a young man. Can he take that next step and, and, and deal with the adversity? We know he can win a game, uh, you know, with, with 35 seconds left on the clock and one timeout. But, but can he overcome a season where everything isn't going his way, you know? That's the thing. Like he rode a momentum train to the Super Bowl, right? And now the question is, can he be second and third? He's last in his division now by far. Can he rise up and overcome that? Because right now they're the worst team in the division. It doesn't mean we believe they're going to end up that way. But if you look right now at the division, the Broncos are undefeated, the Raiders are undefeated, and the Chargers are doing pretty well and just beat them. So they're the worst team. I mean, so so I I know that I know. Is this a super division? Is this the next NFC West we're looking at right here? I think. I mean, I definitely think it is. If you know a few things, you know, eventually Denver will have to get a long-term quarterback to match. Because if you have Herbert or Mahomes in your division, I'm sorry, it's just not good enough. I love Teddy Bridgewater, but it's it's not it's not Herbert or Mahomes good enough. Oh, if uh, only they'd have a, if only they had had a high enough draft pick to pick a quarterback in this draft class. Yeah, you know? it's almost like they could have. Oh, that's oh, they picked oh, another no corner way. instead. Even Patrick though they signed, Sertan? even though they paid like two corners a whole bunch of money in the offseason, they also just drafted one as well. But he's really it's, helpful in the slot. You don't understand. Oh, my God. I just, I'm going to lose my freaking mind. <laughs> I, it's these teams, man, that are just wasted. Like, I'm just like, all right, well, listen, like, it's very hard. People, they don't seem to understand, like, when I say this stuff is easy, I also say it with the knowledge of like, it's very hard to win a Super Bowl. So you have to like, when you have the opportunities, you have to try every time you have like the slightest opening. That's what this is based on. And it's like these teams that like have a little bit of an opening and they don't jump at it really piss me the fuck off. And it's yeah. like, you have, you, this defense has been around for a long time. You brought in Peyton Manning who could barely even throw the ball anymore and you won a Super Bowl with him. Yeah. Imagine if you could bring in Justin Fields 
and give the man one year. By the second year, balling. Man, ballin'. he could be taking nine sacks a game behind your offensive line, goddammit. Yeah, we'll see, but that's the problem is that uh, <laughs> getting Justin Fields would also involve, oh, no, we'd also have to pay some more offensive linemen. We'd have to pay Joe Dooney instead of the Chiefs. Oh, yeah, because that worked out great for them. One thing I would like to say is that offensive line that we were all going into the season being like, oh, the Chiefs, they sucked in that Super Bowl because they had so many just bodies off the street. Well, now they pay Joe Tooney. They traded up. They revamped it. And they did not look good, dude. They were running after the defenders on every single play. Listen, it's true. It's absolutely true. But I I, I will say that I – frankly give more credit to to uh the chargers than i do blame to their line for that but it's a fair point i mean listen these guys are brand new too you know you got to give them a second but it's a fair point to make i mean listen they have to be good enough i i just i'm inclined to i'd rather the chiefs do what they did than like or like you know seattle do what they do than like you know some team like the redskins be like i'm sorry well by the football team just be like Oh, uh, well, we got Taylor Heineke, and we found Ryan Fitzpatrick on the street, so you try that. And it's like, Thank well, you. okay, someone's doing something. Someone's making an effort to plug a hole. But it is true that, you know, you also get into Saints syndrome, where it's like at some point you plug and you plug and you plug, and, you plug, and all of a sudden there are way too many holes to contain, and it all bursts. So, uh, you know, you run that risk. That's a very hard balance to take. How do you slowly unravel that? You know, that's the hardest thing to do in a franchise. My Saints have been kind of, you know – Teetering with that right now. And, you know, this is this is an awkward point in the Kansas City run. They're not the top dogs anymore, and there are a lot of teams coming for them. Yeah. Uh, this is what's going to happen. Well, it's funny because the Patriots managed to have a dynasty for like 17 years, and their entire division never stepped up, never once stepped up to the challenge of beating them. And now this, this uh, Chiefs had it for like two years, and everyone's like, whoa, okay, so hold it right there, kids. We, we, we can draft Justin Herbert. I know. Well, and, and it's true. I mean, really, the, the lack of competency from Jets, the Jets, Dolphins, and Bills for the last few years up until about now has, and I'm, I mean, still going for the Jets and going halfway for the Dolphins. But yeah. Speaking okay. of your Patriots, buddy, sorry, we got to. Oh, no, I'm sorry. I think, uh, I don't know if we have time for this one. We got to move it along. Oh, so we're going to go talk to, about oh, the Giants and the buddy. Falcons. No, no, wow. no, 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 no. I didn't want to talk about the Saints losing to the Panthers, but you made me. And so now that's the tradition in fallback football. And so now here we go. We're going to talk about how my Saints came marching back and picked off my boy Mac Jones three times, my friend. And here's the point. Now, now this, this well, listeners, I'm going to warn you right now. This section is going to get a little hostile because I'm, <laughs> I'm about to attack Keegan's quarterback very violently right now. Okay. Because this is what I'm talking about with Mac Jones. Now, I know what you're going to say. And I was there, and I'm going to agree with you. One of the interceptions went off his hands, and the other one was kind of close. He should have had it. This is the point, my friend. You have a team, and you have an organization that has decided that they don't pay receivers, they pay tight ends. They get guys like Nelson Aguilar instead of Kenny Gallagher. They don't do the big explosive weapon guys. Okay. So if that's the case, you need some explosiveness somewhere. Okay. That needs to come because, because, because what's happening right now is they're using Tom Brady era stuff and thinking they can revitalize the Tom Brady era. I'm telling you right now, the Tom Brady era isn't going to work because look at the team that Tom Brady's on right now. It's loaded. It's loaded. 
because Tom Brady knows that the old Tom Brady stuff, what he was doing in 2013, 14, 15, it wasn't going to work right now. And that's why he adapted. And I think this team needs to adapt. And instead, they chose another pocket quarterback who, listen, I'm not saying he's bad, but he doesn't make the extra, he doesn't make the Josh Allen extra play. He's never going to get you a third and 15. He's never going to get four touchdowns right on the ground, right? He's going to, he's going to do exactly what he does, which is, you know, 20 of 26 for 290, right? I don't know if that's the exact numbers, but that's a made up number that is going to be like basically what he, 30 of 51 for 270. Oh, even worse. Okay. Well, there you go. So that, and that's the point. And that doesn't mean he's not going to make a great read. And it doesn't mean he's not going to run a great play action. And I'm not saying that he's a bad quarterback. What I'm saying to you is that if you're going to be committed to not getting these explosive weapons and you're going to be committed to, oh, we're going to do our tight ends, right? And we're going to do like a run block type thing. It's like, all right, well, then you need to get some movement from your quarterback. And Bill Belichick seemed to understand that. That's why he loved Cam Newton so much. And then, he, and then you know, Kyle Shanahan told him that Mac Jones had a big dick. And then all of a sudden, here Mac Jones is as the starting quarterback for your Patriots. And I just think if you're going to go with Josh, and the Dolphins are learning this. They're not ready for prime time yet either with Tua. I know, or Jacoby Brissett. I don't think, you know, I love to it, but I think I might end up being wrong about that. But you got to match up to Josh Allen now, buddy. It ain't Tom Brady division. It's just Josh Allen division. And Mac Jones won't do that. Yeah. In my uh, opinion. I definitely didn't love the three picks. I definitely agree that this is, here's how I see it. I think letting go of Cam was a real power move right before the season started. They were all like, Okay, we're so confident in Mac. We're going to give him all the marbles. We're going to give him the keys to the castle, and he's going to run with it. And probably Vax related, based on the It was rules. absolutely Vax related. That, that's definitely that's a, part of it. But I Based also, on the NFL rules, not even just like political Vax, but just like based on the rules that the NFL is setting right, up. It's like, such a thing that Bill Belichick is the kind of guy who's like, I'm not going to let you fuck that up. Right. For me. And then Bill Belichick did actually come out and make some stupid comment about, like, yeah, well, a lot of guys have gotten it that were vaccinated, and then he had to come out later. And- take that back because it was absolute patently bullshit but anyway um yeah cam got punished uh but but also the narrative right before the season started was mac looks so good in camp let's just run with it and see what happens maybe he's the next justin herbert and then it's like you actually mentioned a couple weeks ago it's like then they decided to treat him with the kid gloves anyway and just give him like the 10 play playbook like the skeleton crew playbook and it's like, well, you needed to pick a side. Like, were you coming out gunning? Because if you were coming out gunning, let's just let him play, you know? But you're right. We we designed this offense. It's short. It's around based around the run game. That's based around a, a very good defense, but that is currently missing Steph, uh, Stephon Gilmore, who is the best player on this, on this defense. Right. Um. Yeah, I mean, the three picks, I genuinely think two of them were not his fault at all. I didn't see the third one, so maybe it was. But, yeah, I mean, I don't think Miami's going to be as tough to beat as we thought this year. So, you know, I, I still think we got a wild card shot. Uh, but we need to make some changes for sure. And by make some changes, I mean, turn it on. Put your foot on the gas, man. Take the kick gloves off. Let's just do it. Right. I think now that you got this, you need you, you've got a little bit of a Drew Brees type vibe here with the mobility situation. I think you need an Alvin Kamara. You need to get a Travis Etienne. Uh, you need a you right. need a Christian McCaffrey. You need somebody. Oh, and so James true. White is not that just anymore. He's it's, just not. It's so true. I don't, 
I don't know that he ever was. He's he's always been an effective weapon, but he's not a, a X factor weapon for sure. You gotta be a, re- a receiver type, basically. Is what you, like basically a receiver that's standing next to you all day. Yeah, is um, like something that a guy like Mac Jones definitely needs, and that's and that's the way because like Mac Jones, like I said, will not get the mobility things. But you know that's how you get. It's like now you've made this bed, so don't try to like change it now. And now you just gotta you gotta get it. You gotta be able to get a running back like that. Yeah, which you can get in the third round and not worry about. On the same side of the ball, who fucking does? You know, man. I don't know. Do you? I don't think we do. I just you know. It, listen, they 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 are a great defense. We knew that coming in. That We've, they've always they... been a great defense. They. They've been the dominant defense for like four years now. So. Exactly. And so that's what I'm saying. So that's so frankly, as I say that, you know, defenses fall and rise, you know, the Saints have been one of the more consistent defenses, you know, and to even lose, you know, we lost Trey Hendrickson, you know, he had to get rid of a lot of our corners and for the defense to still hold up pretty well. I'm, you know, I'm impressed by Brian Poole and, and I'm impressed by a lot of people that I wasn't expecting to be impressed by. So I'm happy. I, you know, I like it. Um, you know, and, 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 and certainly, you know, I, I just got to wait and see because I just, you know, Jameis Winston is just going to do this. He's going to go back and forth and back and forth. So I'm not going to sit here and, get, and, you know, I let my hopes get the best of me after that first game. And I'm not going to do it. I'm not going to fall for it anymore. So, you know, I'm just going to I'm just going to wait and see. Let's see him win two or three games in a row and then I'll start talking about it again. We know this is an elite defense and the and and, you know. I this is why I like Teddy Bridgewater because Bridgewater would do exactly what he's doing right now in Denver, which is just not turn the ball over, keep the offense chugging. He'd probably yeah. still need, but again, he also has Jerry Judy, he did, KJ Hamler, he did, Tim yeah. Patrick, Cortland Sutton, no offense, right? You know, versus Adam Troutman, Marcus Calloway, and Deontay Harris. Like, no thanks, not interested. And but he has, you know, so. I just think that this team has its priorities wrong and has it's built incorrectly. But you know, it's a great team. It's a great yeah. defense. So we'll hopefully move forward For pretty successfully. For the record, in case I didn't mention it, the final score is twenty-eight to thirteen, New Orleans over New England at Gillette. Um, yeah, Jameis. 13 of 21 for 128 and two. Uh, that's uh, so like all of his production on the year has come from like his defense handing him the ball back on the 20 yard line. Um, he did have an absolutely epic throw to the back of the end zone where Marquez Callaway caught a ball that he just chucked up in the air while he was being taken down. Um, it's very, very fun highlight real play, but yeah. Uh, the, it felt like a battle of the B teams, which was very tough for us because we're yeah. used to, we're used to having good teams. Yeah, um, I, I'll tell you this: if I have to watch three straight years of football without a Patriots Super Bowl victory, uh, I don't know what I'm going to do. You know, spoiled brat. I just man, <laughs> it's brutal out here. It's brutal out here. So uh, Falcons, we're going to get <laughs> Falcons Giants. Um, Who cares? Yeah. Two terrible teams. Whatever. Yeah, can we not? Like, yeah, Falcons uh, seventeen, Giants fourteen. Giants fall to zero and three. Atlanta's one and two because they got gifted uh, playing a slightly worse team. Atlanta Daniel... just as easily could have lost. Right. Uh, it, it was a it was a game winning field goal as the clock was going down. Oh my god, it was so funny. I heard the announcer give like a recap on Red Zone that was like, it was like, oh, Matt Ryan gets the ball back. Uh, manages to get the ball all the way down the field uh, after the two-minute warning. They kick the field goal, win the game. That's Matt Ryan. 
And I was like, he ha- he had two full minutes to get the ball into field goal range, and we're celebrating wow. that. That's yeah, like, why hey, you better, you know? Like, that's I not, would sure hope so. Yeah, if you didn't do that, it would be like, let's move on. Um, Saquon looked good, fifty-one yards and a touchdown on sixteen carries. Kenny Galladay led them in receiving yards. Uh, maybe that's a sign of something turning up, or maybe they just didn't have any receiving yards. Uh, moving on, uh, Bengals Steelers. Whoa, dude! Big Ben equals big bust. I'm not going to say it enough times. I mean, it's like this has got to be. If you're a Steelers fan, you probably came into the season like we are pretty good. We're almost definitely going to make the playoffs, and we'll see what happens then. Oh, probably having to redo some of that math in your head now. Well, I mean, I tell you this. First of all, can we give some props to the freaking Bengals? Oh, I mean, yeah. you know, it was cute. Joey Burrow, look at that beard. It's looking good. Well, looks I like just a man. listen. That's the thing, and we all know that this is not the year. But it's it it's it's you know I was get you know I was getting a little worried that it was getting a little too sideways. You know what I mean? Like I want to make sure that this thing is still. You know, they're still at least decent enough to beat teams like the Steelers, right? Because eventually we want Joe Burrow and the Bengals to be a quali- to be, you know, a playoff team and competing. And I think Joe Burrow is gonna get them to that point. I do. I think they've got enough weapons. I love Joe Mixon. The Connor, defense is getting better. You know, they soon, need a better coach. Just, <laughs> but, as you know. as, just as soon as Joe Burrow finishes going through puberty, this team is gonna be off to the races. Let me tell you something. Once he can buy himself a drink then that'll oh, be great. But first, he needs, he needs to be able to vote first. So, we don't know. <laughs> Steelers' uh, defense always looks very good. Mickey Fitzpatrick, uh, Mike Tomlin's a really great coach. We can't stress enough. We say it on the podcast all the time. We're big Mike Tomlin fans. Um, but he needs a better quarterback. And quite frankly, um, this is a team, much like the Packers, actually, uh, that has had bad vibes all around for a long time now. Bad vibes all around. The management and the fans all seem content with just like a pretty good record every year. But do any of these players like being on the team? Does anybody like these quarterbacks? Do the quarterbacks like management? It's just kind of like maybe we should just burn it all down and start over. You know? Maybe just shut it all down. Maybe just send them all home. I mean, uh, seriously, like send Deontay Johnson somewhere. Maybe just dissolve the franchises altogether. You know, I, like distribute the players amongst the other teams. We could all use some talent out here. I think here's the thing too. Well, you know, the play calling has been basic right for a long time. We all know that. You know, we all know that Big Ben, you know, doesn't work out the same, and he's deteriorating, and he doesn't have the energy. This is, I mean, this is Drew Brees 2.0. Um, and it's and now they're just putting offensive weapons around him instead of putting a defense around him and but they are putting a decent defense around him too i mean let's let's not forget tj watt was out for this game you know so they're already going through some stuff there but i mean even with that you know you got to have a good enough defense to stand up to a Bengals team that isn't going to threaten for the playoffs or anything this year they're just a they're just a fine team and they didn't just beat you they really had your number uh so i you know embarrassing for the Steelers. Yeah. I want a lot of people to be better. I really want Najee Harris to be better, and I think he will be. I think they'll get that offensive line together, but yeah. it's, it starts and ends with uh, Ben Roethlisberger right now. Yeah, Najee will be back to fight another day. Um, 24 for Cincy, 10 for Pittsburgh. We have uh, Joe Burrow with 172 passing yards only. That's not that many, but three touchdowns. And uh, Big Ben with 318 and one through the air and two picks. Um, the two picks uh, is really what did him in in the end. 
Okay, uh, let's move on from this one. We all love the Bengals. We're gonna we're gonna see how that uh, Jamar Chase Joe Burrow connection progresses. Uh, Cardinals Jaguars. Uh, this was just like uh, the Jaguars, man. They're just like a dead carcass full of fresh meat for other teams to just like shred, just like beef jerky in the sun, you know. It's it's a disgusting image, but it is a fair image of what their team is like. So fair enough. Yeah. I mean, I mean, you know, you're very right, and I think, I think this was a case where really Cliff Kingsbury wanted to try to lose for fun, and he really just the team, the Jaguars were too bad for his team to lose to them. Yeah, he's too good of a team. But uh, believe me, Cliff Kingsbury was trying his best to lose here. So you know, it's tough break for Cliff Kingsbury. He can't even get that right. Um, but I mean, just like. <laughs> You know, to kick the sixty-six yard field goal. He actually lost said, the bet. It was, it was a bummer for him. He lost the money. It was a, <laughs> it was a bummer. He bet against the Jaguars. I like that. I actually, I actually really like that. I like the idea of him betting against the. That would actually make a lot more sense because otherwise, we just have to say he's a terrible coach. Yeah, so he's not going anywhere. We saw uh, this was thirty-one Cardinals, nineteen Jaguars. Uh, that's a closer score than really the game yielded i mean we saw a couple touchdowns from the jaguars and we saw them sort of sort of maybe get a little bit going on offense like we saw james robinson get going we saw trevor lawrence maybe like make a we saw him make a beautiful pass to dj chark like we saw some almost like a proof of concept of just like okay here's some stuff that we could do theoretically but it's not adding up to a winning strategy right now by any means mostly because Trevor Lawrence continues to throw multiple interceptions per game. He just he just keeps doing it. Two picks again, dude. He's got seven through three games. This is crazy. That's, that's the problem. He wants to figure it out and he wants to like make the throws, but I think what he's what he's going to learn is I mean, listen, right now you're the right now you're probably like the 30th best quarterback. You know, that's starting right now or maybe the 28th or 27th best quarterback. And probably in the in the thousands of best players, you know yeah. what I mean. So like you know, you went from being the best in college to that. So you got to be able to understand what's happening, and you got to be able to understand that like you know you you you're gonna you you can't make every throw now, right. and that's a hard thing to learn. And you know, and I think it's gonna take some. He's gonna be in denial for a while about it. But and denial the thing that's hard about it, and the, well, the problem that's hard about it is he's going on with somebody else who's also an NFL. Um, newbie so he doesn't even know he doesn't even have that perspective to tell him stuff like and isn't that really the problem here i mean between uh i mean dj chark is the is the most veteran guy on the on the team we've got um lavisca who is pretty new we've got etn who's not out there but is a rookie we've got trevor lawrence who is a rookie we've got second year james robinson um we have urban meyer who is first year is this just a college system in the nfl that's like not as good as the other teams. Might as well be. It's not going to work. Yeah. Um, all right. Yeah. Cardinals three and zero. Good for you guys. Uh, me thinks the other shoe's going to drop a little bit on them, but but not not in in a devastating way. They're they're, they're a good team. I look. I like them. I like Kyler Murray. I like what they're doing. Uh, Jets Broncos. This is going to be a quick one. Jets zero twenty six for the Broncos. This was over before it started, man. I mean, I know you uh, you had a bet uh, on the Broncos in this game, uh, which helped you out for, for a King of the Hill league. Um, Zach Wilson, uh, they're not going to give up on him this year. 
But, uh, you know, maybe this system is just doomed to keep failing, to keep throwing talent down the drain forever. Um, the Broncos didn't have to do much here, right? This is the Broncos. This is what they're going to be. This Teddy Bridgewater was a weirdly great pick for them at quarterback, even though they, even though we just gave them shit for not drafting Justin Fields. It's like Teddy Bridgewater is a quarterback that's going to get you a guaranteed 250 and two and not turn the ball over. And if your defense can hold it down, good for you. You know, it's not bad. And it is a good strategy for what they have. I think it makes sense for them. And I think in terms of the jets, you know, that Zach Wilson is going to suck. There's not going to really be any structure there in place. I mean, listen, they're getting, they got one good offensive line, and that's about all I can uh, – the one good offensive lineman, and that's about all I can see. Uh, Corey Davis is pretty good, but has never been a playmaker. And um, isn't really featured too often. No, I mean, he can't be because that, that would require him th- – them holding the ball long enough for him to run up the field, which is not an option for them right now. Can't have that. Um – Let's move on. Raiders over right. Dolphins, 31-28. to 28. This was a weird lopsided score, too. Raiders managed to continue to win in overtime in games that they should have won in the second quarter. Um, Jacoby Brissett <laughs> led the Dolphins back to an uncanny tie uh, at the end of the game, and, uh, you know, it wasn't enough. Um, like we talked about before, I think the Dolphins – Maybe you have to go back to the drawing board a little bit. They thought they were going to be NFL ready, and it's really more of kind of a kind of an experimental year again. Uh, yes, two was injured, but it's like we said: it's like is is Jacoby Brissett vastly uh, worse than Tua uh, at that position right now? I don't know, especially after we saw him do that. I think that's part of the problem. You know, you have to get. You have to understand that the weapons aren't going to be used, and they also really, you know, the offensive line is still getting better. I think they still need more upgrades there, more than they need, um, more than they needed a Jalen Waddle. They needed a Penny Sewell, I think. Um, you know, I, I, and I, and Everybody I get did. Everybody needed Penny Sewell. Everybody yeah. needs offensive line all the time. Why are they valued so low? It doesn't make any sense to me. Especially if you just get Terrace Marshall instead, and he'll be just as helpful, and maybe won't have as many. Fumbles. And, I mean, Jalen Waddle is going to be a great player for whoever he plays for. It's just the problem is if he doesn't get a chance to do anything and he feels like he has to make a huge play every time he touches the ball because he only gets three or four times to touch the ball, well, he's not going to play very well because he's going to try to make a big play every time, and that's not a good idea. Dude, maybe stop using Jalen Waddle on special teams, right? Two two, uh, special teams fumbles. Maybe just, like, let somebody else do that for a couple of weeks. Have him take some – take some Wii sports practice or something before he gets out there again. Well, I mean, I, and it's really, he's 32, it's, it's, it's worse than Mac Jones. Are you ready for this? 32 of 49 for 215. 32 of 49 for 215. Yeah, and Waddle led Miami with 12, ca- 12 catches, 58 yards on Jesus. 12 catches. That's hard to do, though. Like, you know what I'm is. saying? How far are you going? I mean, like. And those are short throws. 12 for 58, those are. Those are throws right Those are in front of the four quarterback. or five yards. Those are like five yard throws max. You know yeah. what I mean? Like that's, 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 and I mean, you know, so, I, you know, if you, at that point you're not really getting him as the open field, you're getting him into a mob of like four defenders standing right there. Yeah. So I think that's poor offensive call playing, uh, ball, call play, play calling. 
Call playing, ball playing, nah. y'all bailing, ball bailing. It's all just words. Who cares, right? Words are fake, but it's it's bad offensive play calling to not nah. scheme enough. Now I think words are real because I get it. There you go. Um. Yeah. So Brian Flores, you know, it's gonna be okay, buddy. Just keep just keep pushing. Maybe maybe we were talking about this yesterday. It's like, yeah, awesome deal that they made for all those first round picks. Uh, way back when, they managed to trade one offensive lineman, Laramie Tunsil, away to the Texans for a first-round pick. They turned that first-round pick eventually into seven picks between bunches of trades. Um, good for them. But now they have a lot of first-round picks and no players. So that was kind of the downside of that. Meanwhile, you see the Rams going, I don't need first-round picks. You know what first-round picks are? They're good players three years from now. You know what's what I can trade my first-round picks for? A good player right now. And they went and did that, you know? Well, exactly. Miami literally decided they were like, hey, we're going to push off our value till next year. Good for you guys. You did that. Now you got to wait till next year to see that value, you know? Well, that's the thing. And, and, and the only way that they end up slotting it in a good way is if they're like, you know, for example, if it's like, the third piece on a bad team, like McCall Hardman can slide in pretty easily or, you know, or whatever Robinson or one of the Williamses or Clyde Edwards, Hilaire even can slide in easily. If you already have Tyreek Hill and, and Travis Kelsey and the offensive line and Pat Mahomes and all this stuff, like, like you have to put them in a position where they can already be successful. You can't expect them to just be the savior, right? right. You've got to give them, it's a, it's a team sport. Yeah. And like that, it's I a know pretty that's big so team sport actually. It's a team sport that has twice, more than twice as many players on the field at any given time as basketball. I mean, I don't understand it. it it's a 53 man roster. Can you imagine trying to get 53 people to do anything in unison for any short period of time? I don't want to. Uh, me neither. Especially like, like very large physical men with tons of testosterone running around their brains and concussions and whatnot. It's like, mm. Stay away from me, you know? Uh, nine. No, nine. no, thank you. No, thank you so much. Uh, the Raiders. Uh, everyone's calling Derek Carr a fucking MVP candidate through three weeks, dude. They look so bad. I don't get it. Uh, it's the, the, I have to believe the other shoe's going to drop. I root for the Raiders to do well, but I, I, I root for them so I've been burned before. You know, so I know what I'm Exactly. Talking. So you're not ready to trust them again. They've right. hurt you too many times. They start out great. They do miracle things. Gruden has a little smirk on his face. Like, I was right this time, boys. <laughs> and look at that knock. Knock on wood if you're with me. Because we got a, got a good play. And we started out 3-0, guys. <laughs> but he doesn't actually have the ability to consistently put a season together. Especially in a division against the Chiefs especially when it comes to getting through the playoffs against the levels of talent we see these days at quarterback. The fact is, Derek Carr, we know what he is. It's not news to us. He's not going to turn it on and have an Aaron Rodgers miracle uh, season where he wins MVP. You know what I mean? It's just like we know what he is. He's a pretty good quarterback. He's a pretty smart, pretty accurate quarterback. He's not special in any way. He never has been. I, it, 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 it's almost hardest for teams when they have this a guy like this, where it's like he's so good that he's better than than a rushed alternative, right? He's better than any quick all other move you could make. 
but he's not better than a large, complicated scheme like the Max Stafford scheme that the uh, Rams put together. So they're just like, well, you know, it's a lot easier. Like the possibility of him getting 20% better is always still going to be more enticing than doing the work to get a quarterback who's definitely going to be that good. Yeah. So he's just going to sit around for decades on end collecting tens of millions of dollars a year to get them, what, seven to 10 wins a season reliably, no more, no less. Just sitting there, one of these days is going to be the right time. Yeah. One of these days is going to be the right time. Not that one if you're with me, guys. You want to you wanna win that Super Bowl, guys? Not that one. Shoot them all. Shoot them all. Oh, Buccaneers, Rams, game of the week, right? Uh, dude, Tom Brady still did really well. Um, but here's the thing. Uh, they were in the Rams' house, and the Rams looked really good. 34 Rams, 24 Buccaneers. The game was over uh, long before Tampa Bay put up 24 points. I'll tell you that. Um, Dude, I just want to say this. Uh, I said before the season that I think this team is going down, not up. Uh, It certainly looks like I was wrong through three weeks, and I brought this up last week. They look devastatingly unstoppable. They look like the absolute locked and loaded next super team. Matt Stafford's perfect. He loves this system. He and Cooper Cup are best friends. He and Aaron Donald are best friends. Sean McVay's sprinting around the sidelines to catch up with Deshaun Jackson after he gets a bomb touchdown. Like, it's all just clicking. I just keep thinking about the Seahawks last year. Remember the beginning of the Seahawks season where it was just like, man, everything's going amazing. Russell Wilson's a guaranteed MVP. It's just like that totally fell apart by the by the middle of the second half of the season. We weren't talking about that at all. So maybe the, the aggression's coming. It's a really tough division. We know that. We know that with they, they have beaten the Buccaneers now, which is a good team. So... Clearly, they have what it takes to beat a good team. But I just, I don't know, dude. I, I can't believe it was this easy. If it was this easy, this move is going to change football forever. Let's put it that way. But I just think, like, the problem is, first of all, I think the, I think the reality is we're seeing the flaws of the Bucks defense, right? And you saw, I mean, because a lot of the, I mean, Deshaun Jackson is wide open, right? You know, like, like there are some of these plays where it's, you're sitting there and it's like, I mean, it's not – doesn't take any magic. Well, let's magic. not forget they lost their starting corner, Sean Murphy Bunting, to a season-ending injury, and they have been quote-unquote sniffing around Richard Sherman, whatever that means. But I didn't see him on the field. Did you? You're not going to see him for three, four more weeks at least. Yeah, if, if that's going to happen. Even, ha- if, even if they ha- do sign him, he has to clear COVID protocol. He has to move. You know, there's like a lot of stuff involved there, and then that doesn't even guarantee he's going to be locked in with the team and be performing at 100 percent for the first couple of weeks. I just feel like this was this was a move they should have made way earlier. Somebody well, I so should have. I, I, I think I wonder, though, man. I mean, like, first of all, the Rams have some of these exact same holes, right? They have, like, a bit of a flimsy offensive line in the sense of, like, the anchor is what is Whitworth now, like, 41 years old? Yeah. Like, one of the oldest offensive linemen there yeah. is, you know? And, 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 and – it's not. It's not necessarily the biggest strength. They got. They lost a lot of defensive players. They lost John Johnson. They lost Troy Hill, right? You know, they they had a big. They had a big loss, and they have to make sure that they get all the pass rushing that they were that they lost 
They have to make sure they get all the secondary power that they lost, right? And and Jalen Ramsey basically has to be responsible for all of that. So, you know, I I, I happen to really like the fact they use Jalen Ramsey, and I feel like he makes a huge impact not just on, you know, just him making plays, but it's also the people around him and the way he coaches them up and influences them and the way they can trust that Jalen Ramsey is going to be there so they do certain things right. I think that's a huge value. Uh, so, you know. Uh, and you could say the same thing about Aaron Donald on the front. Well, exactly. You know, the, the pair of them are an extremely valuable um, uh, upgrade to any defense. Like it's like we talk about the X Factor players. They don't just they don't just go out there and perform. They also draw insane amounts of coverage and make the make the whole field open up for your secondary players. And so I think that's the difference there. I think that you know I don't know because I just maybe haven't seen it as vocally on the televisions. Maybe it's, maybe it's in practice and it's, I'm not seeing it, but I see a lot of star players on the Bucks. I don't necessarily see a coach, especially in that secondary. I think it's different. Like So I think Aaron Donald coaches the line. And, you know, Shaq Barrett and Levante David probably coach the line, right? Mm-hmm. Who's coaching that secondary? Because it's just a bunch of young dudes. Might have honestly been Sean. Might have, might have honestly been the guy that was hurt. I, I, I really don't know. But it was, somebody's got to be coaching I mean, that secondary. I mean, Sean's, Sean's not that much older than those guys. And th- but that's the point. What is Somebody he, 14, has- 15? I mean, Jalen Ramsey is, is not that old. You know what I mean? I mean, it's really just a matter of, you know, you, you know who the best is and you, you, let, him, you let him lead and you let him, uh, you know, yeah. coach up the team. And I think that – hey, hey, that, be faster than everyone else. That's what works for me. Well, I'm just <laughs> – <laughs> no, it's true. I mean, I get your point. It definitely makes sense. But I mean, just like in terms of like, hey, bro, you stay right there because I promise you I've got you covered behind. Yeah. Don't worry. Like, you know what yeah. I mean? Just don't worry about it. Or – you stay back there. I promise you, if it goes in front, I got him. Don't worry yeah. about it. Like, you and know you what I mean? Like, that. And you can be like, all right, yeah, Jalen Ramsey's got – like, you don't ever feel the need to get involved in the play in front of you if Jalen Ramsey's in it. And that means you stay in your position. You're disciplined. You're not, you're not trying – that's – I think it's very important. When you have an 11-person unit, it's very important for not everyone to be trying to make a huge play on every play. Right. Some have to, but it, you have to have – and part of that is having the confidence that we have a Khalil Mack, we have an Aaron Donald, we have a the, Bobby Wagner, we have a whatever player that we know is out in the field making this play. It's like, all right, Jalen's got that, or he's got that, or whatever. That, that, that matters. And yeah. so I think that's, that's the one little element that puts the Rams a little higher up. Uh, and I think the Rams are in a good spot. You know, right now, how can you say anything but the Rams are going to be uh, not only winning champions. the division, but Super Bowl champions, frankly. Yeah. You have to say that right now. I mean, the question is, well, how is it going to go? And you make a good point. There's well, flaws in that offensive line. There's flaws in that running game. There's flaws in that secondary. So we'll see if they pop Connor, up. Connor, based on the logic of they're 3-0, and so they're going to win the Super Bowl, I would say they are going to have to get through the Raiders in the Super Bowl to win, right? Uh, not for the Broncos. I'll tell you that for sure. Oh! The interdivision battle. Noise. And the Chiefs aren't even going to make the playoffs, right? Because they're only going to win one third of their games. Oh, what a shame for them! That's oh, what gosh. a real fall. Isn't what a projecting real fall. fun? A real fall from grace. And, you know, stats are the best. Stats. They Me are hot. basically lies. <laughs> it's called marketing. Okay. Right. <laughs> hey, marketing it's, is a Spanish word for lie. It's believe. not lying. It's strategic <laughs> framing. They all right. <laughs> it's contextual massaging. All right. So why don't you let me take words and contextually massage them? All right. Yeah. yeah. And 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 get consent first because we don't yeah, want we don't no want to Deshaun Watson, Watson situation. Yeah. <laughs> we like to keep all our starting quarterbacks on the field, please. Thank you. All right. Ruin except these teams. For, except for Davis Mills, he can go elsewhere. 
Maybe it, try it, soccer. Soccer's real real popular these days. Yeah, you know, you can you can uh, you can be the best player on the team because there's only like two good players. And and I'm the told. most important thing is I won't be watching. So so from my perspective, that's that means you went away. So that's great. <laughs> yep. Vikings thirty, Seahawks seventeen. This was not what you wanted if you were a Seattle fan, and nor what you expected. This is a tough division, dude. Two losses is uh gonna be hard to overcome at some point if they if they can't right the ship then again the chiefs have two losses so you know maybe they're the same i'm just really surprised i mean first of all dalvin cook was out for this game and alexander madison slaughtered though he had like 200 yards in, in his replace as his replacement it was incredible and that's frankly you know I think that's why Dalvin Cook held out because he's like, I don't want to get hurt and let them see that because we don't need to see that, you know, because that's mm-hmm. not that's not good for Dalvin Cook money wise. If you see Alexander Madison, whoever the fuck that is, just popping up, well, pulling up a hundred. It's not that he's bad, but it's just like it's not good for your money. They drafted him for that reason. I mean, he was he was drafted with the intention that he was a very talented guy with the same skills that as Dalvin Cook that he could pop in and be the be the Dalvin Cook in his stead, and we saw. Last year, we saw Dalvin Cook go down for a game and Alexander Madison come in and get, like, over 20 carries for, for just absolutely devastatingly little yardage. Yeah, um, that's true. It, I remember that. And it had looked like the Alexander Madison experiment was kind of a failure overall. But uh, props to the Vikings, props to him. They stuck with it. Um, he was able to open up. Uh, once again, the Seahawks defense gives gifts to other teams, uh, makes them, makes them feel right. Makes them feel good. Uh, Pete Carroll's really nice. You know, he's one of the nice coaches. So he's tried, decided to extend his niceness to the other team sideline. He's like, we're going to give you gifts now. Here's the ball. Here's extra points. Here's more time on the clock. We'll commit a foul so you can get more yards. It's all yours, buddy. We're all friends here. Well, and by the way, do you know this? Uh, Kirk Cousins hasn't had a turnover this season. Yep. Eight which touchdowns, is just crazy. zero interceptions. Woo! I mean, which is just that's that's you know I don't want to look at the Vikings and be too happy with one and two, but you think about the Cardinals game, you think about the way they play, and it's like wow, if Kirk Cousins is going to turn the ball ball over, it's like well that's the whole reason we don't like them. So if that starts happening, then we've got yeah. a situation here. The thing about the Vikings is they've never been pathetic, right? They lose a lot, and they never are great. And we haven't actually seen them do much, and they haven't won a Super Bowl franchise history. But other, other than all uh, those things. Other than when they, other than when Marcus Williams fell, and then again when Kyle Rudolph armbarred one of our corners. But that's okay. But other than all those things, and, uh, you know, this team, it's never been – the Jaguars it's never been the Jets right it's never been the Lions or the Bears quite frankly uh they're always they were oh my (laughs) they've always got talent and that that means that they are never that far away from being an actually good football team and if you're telling me Kirk Cousins is gonna throw let's even say let's be generous let's say it's 30 touchdowns and 10 interceptions this year I think that's a good football team right there that's not great numbers that's not like asking too much of him that's a pretty mediocre to bad quarterback season and that's all i mean here's the thing at the end of the day if we have a talented roster like this you only have to ask for so much 
Well, right, because you got you got guys like Cook and Thielen and and uh, Jefferson out there, and they managed to really, really skirt through the recovery on the losing Stephon Diggs. They just like popped in Jefferson, and there it was. Um, yeah, Seahawks. It's going to be okay. We're going to see. We're going to see more Seahawks later on this season. It's going to. Uh, they need defenders, dude. I think. I think it was a really devastating choice on their part to not go out and and get more help on defense after they had a epically bad season last year. Yeah, I mean that's Carlos Dunlap is like great, but not enough. Well, this is how I see it. It's like so you had a defense with zero stars. And so you went out and you got Jamal Adams and Carlos Dunlap, which is like basically one and a half stars. And then you were like, okay, cool, we did it. But it's like, you know, most defenses have like four stars or maybe even like six, you know? And even that way, it's almost it's, – it's, I don't understand why there's this effort to be like – like shouldn't you, I, I don't know why you wouldn't want to improve every year. Like the best teams just like don't even think about it and just improve every year and do something and to like build themselves up a little bit, even if they're perfect. And how much, how much do we see the key? In, uh, you would think in your mind that the key to defense was a good corner. But the key to defense is not. It's pressure on the quarterback. Look at what Yannick Ngakwe is doing for the Raiders right now after coming over. Like, we talked about Jadavid Clowney. We talked about J.J. Watt's impact on Arizona coming over, letting uh, Chandler Jones go buck wild in the backfield with Seth. Right. I mean, it's just like, go do that. You don't have any pressure on the quarterback. You're just letting him. You're just letting him sit back there and, and take his time and, and make his reads. Like, the whole, the whole game on defense is to not – like, these are – really good quarterbacks you're going to be facing. You have to be able to uh, mess with their process because you're not going to mess with their execution, right? Yeah, frankly, you got to realize that the the league is inclined to make this an offensive game. So you, what, the only way to, like, you know, the longer you go, it's going to be harder for you because you can't interfere with the receiver. And they're really fast, and it's hard to predict where they're going to go. Right. So the best thing to do, and it's why they're the most valuable on a defense, is a pass rusher. And make sure they can't go anywhere. Like you know what I mean? That's I yeah. feel like that's just basic and it's obvious. And, and yeah, and if they bail out of the like at, at some point you have to decide you're gonna fuck with the plan. Even if Kyler Murray has to bail out of the pocket and do a Superman move, like at least you didn't let him just stand back there and throw the ball like he meant to. Like that would have been ideal for him. You just made it a little bit worse on him. Good for you. That'll come back eventually, you know? Um Exactly. Let's uh, close her out with the Packers-Niners game, which was very dramatic. Um, the Packers ended up winning 30-28 to uh, with two minutes left on the clock. The 49ers down a touchdown, went down the field and scored. They left 37 seconds on the clock and zero timeouts. And guess what? Your main man, Aaron Rodgers, managed to get them into field goal range to win anyway. The Packers seem to have righted the ship after being just just railroaded by the Saints week one. This is, like we were saying about the Steelers, this is a team that has assloads of talent, but just just such bad chemistry all around. Like, I think, you know, Devontae Adams and Aaron Rodgers are obviously best friends. It seems like Aaron Jones and Aaron Rodgers really get along. Um, but overall... This team just seems like it's just a bunch of guys collecting their paychecks, just like they're going home and bitching to their wives about how much they hate work and then coming back and doing it and putting on a brave face, you know? <laughs> I mean, but I mean, the thing you have to think about, though, is like, you know, this the thing that annoys me about this team is like, you know, how much they celebrated that that Detroit win. 
this is the type of win that I would have celebrated. If you guys hadn't pissed me off last week and been like, oh, we beat Detroit, you see? (laughs) Then I'd be like, wow, impressed. Wow, nice fucking win there. I didn't think you guys were going to win that. So props to you. I mean, those, those, I mean, Devontae Adams to Aaron Rodgers, that's one of those historic connections. I mean, that is what it is. So, I mean, you got to be upset with yourself. Look forward on the the, uh, Miami Dolphins next year. (laughs) Well, it's going to be a great time. Rodgers to Adams and Fuller, you're going to love it. Can I tell you something? I would like the way that would look. I guarantee it. Devontae so. Parker as the three. Well, Waddle as the four. Oh, I think Devontae Parker might take a walk if that happens. If you know what I mean, he might take a take a take a journey to somewhere like uh, Cincinnati or, or somewhere uh, like the Saints. Honestly, I mean I, that'd be better. I was more just trying to punish him with that first part, but yeah, I mean I, if you want to actually give him a good place to live, then yeah, great. No, that would, Orleans, that, right? would, that would be a pretty good fit. Because he's undervalued and he's really good, and he wouldn't need to be the one. Because Michael Thomas would be the one; he could be the two. It's actually a really good idea. You should talk to him about that next yeah. time you're in the group chat. Hold on, let me just call him up. Okay. All right, I'm back. I got him. Oh, okay. So, Thank what, you. did they did they say they were going to do it, or they said who's this? So I don't. Oh, that's rude. I don't. I don't feel like I don't feel like we're having the same. I mean, connection. It seems like common courtesy is at least pretend to know the person, right? Right, and then least, and then least... do exactly what they ask. And then just be like, yeah, all right, I'll give you a million dollars. If you really say that I'm your sister, then sure. <laughs> if that's, that's what you said. <laughs> cousin. Oh, my God. All right, I'll put you in the will. Wait, and you're also the king of Nigeria? Oh, that's amazing. Oh, wait, but you can't get access to money until you have $1,500 wired to you? Okay, well, that seems what? fair. Um, Niners, uh, two and one. Ugly two and one. Well, I'll say that it's an ugly two and one, but they're there. Uh, it's going to be Trey Lance season at some point, and when it is, I think they're going to actually get worse before they get better. Uh, and so I would say for the Niners and for their fans, if you're out there listening, Levi's jeans wearers, uh, yeah, maybe next year. You know, this is going to be more of a more of a experiment year. Like I mean, is, go I think on, this go. is going to be like uh, Lamar Jackson coming in when Joe Flacco got injured for the second half of that season. It's just going to be like, yeah, he's got to figure out, he's got to figure out what he's doing, going to figure out the defenses, and eventually he'll be really good, and you'll know the talents there. But it's going to come out of nowhere a little bit still, you know. Frankly, well, I think the problem is that he's doing too well. They need like a seminal moment that where he's done. So, like in this, he won, and then Aaron Rodgers just was Aaron Rodgers, but yeah. Like, he needs a pick or a fumble or some sort of like seminal moment. They'd be like, "Oh my God, we would have this win if not for you." That hasn't yeah. happened yet. No, I mean Jimmy looks good. Uh, Jimmy looks like a honestly like Jimmy. If Teddy Bridgewater were to shit the bed, he would be like a more, like a like a more talented Teddy Bridgewater almost, or maybe even the same. I don't know. That seems mean to Jimmy. That seems mean. I mean, like I, there's no. We've already bullied him. He was supposed to be the New England successor, and we just got rid of him because Tom Brady said me. So I well, mean, I, you know, and I then mean, and then he won, and then he almost won a Super Bowl, and now we're kicking him out again. So they, hey, I think, they, and, and he's, and he, by the way, he's a very handsome man making a hundred plus million dollars. Uh, so I think he's okay. He's I think a he's a beautiful fine. man. Come he's on, okay. he's gonna be, he's gonna be an Abercrombie model before you know it. He, here's the thing about Jimmy: is Bill Belichick traded him to San Francisco's because he thought he was 
going to be able to succeed really well in that system. He thought he was built ideally for that system. Ironically, because he could throw deep. Isn't that hilarious? He's never once thrown deep since he's been there. Do you remember when he used to play quarterback for the Patriots when Tom Brady was suspended for deflate gate? He threw like every throw was like more than 30 yards deep. (laughs) I don't know what happened there. I dude, I honestly what I don't understand more importantly though is like what and I'm waiting for something I guess and I think this is this has really been what I've said most of the time I'd say like it has to be a certain point where these teams play each other in this NFC West because I can't tell them apart without any of without yeah. this because like No, and they will next week. Who's which who which one is that? Um, I believe the Niners are playing the Cardinals next week, and I am correct. No, Niners-Seahawks next week, then Niners-Cardinals the following week. And the Cardinals are playing the Rams as well, because I, oh, I see my Matt okay. Stafford. So now this is where we get some, some shaky shakeups. Because I think this is probably, yeah, like, I mean, like, they can't all go 17-0, right? They have to keep all playing. But of course, better, at some so. point, they have to have that moment. <laughs> so this, I mean, that's what I'm excited for, is that moment, is the Rams, the Rams in Arizona, and uh, San Francisco and Seattle finally playing for the first time. And like you said, most of the others are like late in the season. So this is like the first Window. big test. Yeah. I mean, do you, do you dare to make some predictions on those games? Uh, I would say um, I Seattle would take... at San Francisco and Arizona at LA. I would say Seattle has had enough of a wake up call that I think they have to turn it on and come in to San Francisco and beat them in their own house. Uh, if they if they don't if they don't if they start out one and three I think you probably consider tanking I mean you probably consider like what is our future that is not this you know what I mean and because the division's not going to get easier that's and not Russell Wilson is going to get older unfortunately it's the way of the world uh, on the other side I would I gotta go Rams until they prove me wrong at this point. Um, Gonna gonna see what they have to dish out, but I think uh, it's really gonna be a question of how much does that defense get to Kyler, and if Kyler can kind of step up and overcome Aaron Donald, then it's gonna be interesting. Then at that point, we're talking about a shootout, and we're talking about who manages the clock best, who gets the ball back last, those types of questions. Who who can bang a sixty-six yard, historically long field goal to win the game? Um, that's it. All of our coverage for the week, folks. We have uh, reached the end of our time. No, I was gonna. Week. I was gonna slide in and just say real quickly that uh, oh. I think. Well, I just want to make the predictions too, real quickly, because I just wanted to say. I just wanted to say that uh, Seattle and San Francisco, in terms of that, I think this is going to be the time where Jimmy Garoppolo makes his mistake that gets him benched. Oh, and by week five, I think we'll, we may see Trey Lance. And maybe it'll take a little longer. Maybe it'll bounce around. But I think week this week is he's going to throw his pick or he's going to do his fumble or he's going to do a stupid thing, and they're going to lose a game that they probably should win at home against Seattle, and that'll be big for them. And I'm also going to say – I'm also going to go, go against you here because I think Arizona and their crazy amount of wide receivers and their five wides and all their – and Kyler Murray are the best bet to expose the crappy secondary that uh, – the Rams are left with because of all the off-season acquisitions. So I think this is the best chance. I'm not saying it's obvious, but I'm just saying I think this is worth a bet if the odds are good, you know, because it's a nice – it's, uh, you know, it's going to be a close one, and I think Arizona has the people to 
break through that secondary. So let's see. Let's come back here next week and see who, and see who's right here. Okay. You right got to come back in here. You, if you're not back here, you're square. You know? You're square. Boo, squares, boo. We don't like We don't like you. We boo. don't want anything to do with you here. Get back here. Press subscribe. Tell your friends to subscribe. Hey, enjoy more football, folks. Rushing and receiving, 14 carries for 40, 14 receptions for 102. It's kind of fun. But yeah, I, I just, it's, it's, oh. well, there goes, uh, there you go. there's, well, there's, there's the dreams of the Steelers fans dying. Yep, yep. Cut, cut, put out an APB. Put out an APB for the Steelers playoff hopes. Can't find them.